The first statement is about forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The second statement is about redemption. Jesus spoke to the thief on the cross next to him. I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today's third statement is about compassion. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. There are two parts to these words of Jesus. Firstly, he speaks to his mother. Woman, behold your son. We notice that Mary is not standing alone. She's with her unnamed sister, another woman called Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. She would clearly be distressed seeing her firstborn son hanging on a cross, knowing he was about to die. Her friends and family were there to support her. But Jesus wasn't asking Mary to look at him, her actual son. He was asking her to look at John. Even in the midst of his anguish and pain, Jesus was outward looking. It's significant that these words from the cross make provision for his mother's future. Jesus was assuring his mother that he cared for her and was providing for her needs. The firstborn son played a major role in providing for parents, particularly widowed mothers. No social security schemes or widow's benefits existed back then. Jesus didn't have much in the way of earthly possessions, but he was telling Mary that he'd made provision for someone else to look after her and care for her. And that person was already right there, the disciple John. He had been a special friend to Jesus and had followed him faithfully. John had left his family and his successful fishing business to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And now Jesus was telling John, was telling Mary, that John would take his place in caring for her. This would have been a huge relief and comfort for Mary. She was already widowed and would not have had the means to provide for herself. Possibly her other sons were already helping her in that regard because Jesus didn't have many earthly possessions. In first century Israel, Women were viewed as being of low value and little importance. Widows had to rely on family members or fend for themselves. But Jesus valued women and treated them with dignity. He made provision for his mother, even when he was dying. This same theme of provision was evident prior to the crucifixion when Jesus explained to his disciples that he would have to leave them, but they would not be alone, as the Holy Spirit, the Counselor, the Comforter, 
would come instead in his place. The fact that Mary was standing nearby is worth mentioning. The scene was horrific. It would be awful enough to watch someone being crucified, even if you did not know the person, let alone a beloved family member. But Mary was right there. In John's account, it says that Mary stood near, and she must have to be able to hear these words from the cross. But in Matthew's account and Mark's account, it says she stood afar off. Therefore, it is most probable that at some stage, the soldiers forced the family and friends to move further away. Brandishing swords would help. It's commendable that Mary was able to endure such pain and horror without a fuss or an outcry at the cruelty and injustice of it all. And we can be sure of that, as it would have been mentioned. So Mary was certainly sustained by divine grace and power. Maybe at that time she remembered the prophetic words that Simeon had spoken to her when Jesus was a young child at the temple, that a sword would pierce through her own soul. Philip read this this morning. Simeon said, This child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Do any of us know what we can endure until we face severe trials and heartache? We need to stand firmly on the promise given to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This was the weakest point of Mary's life. Secondly, Jesus speaks to his disciple John. Behold thy mother. So John was also standing near enough to hear these words. All of the other disciples had deserted Jesus, but not John. And he wasn't hiding away at the back of the crowd. He was right there at the cross. So after asking Mary to behold her son, Jesus makes sure that they all understand what he is asking by then asking John to behold his mother. Jesus had no other way of continuing to provide for his mother than asking someone else to take over that role. He directs Mary to look to John for support and provision, and he directs John to take on the role of looking after Mary as his own mother. Does God still do that today? Are there times when provisions dry up or circumstances change and we wonder how we will manage? Often from unexpected sources, a new supply of goods or money will come as God lays the burden on someone else's heart to meet that need. Notice the confidence that Jesus had in John. 
Jesus spoke to him directly to leave him in no doubt that he could fulfill this role. Mary was depending on him and his part was to provide for her. Did John accept the challenge? Yes, he did. Verse 27 goes on to say, from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Not next week, when he'd cleared out the spare bedroom, cleaned the bathroom, and restocked the food in the kitchen. No, from that hour, John responded to the need straight away. I have so often thought that I could do great things, but the reality is that I don't because I'm so tangled up in small things. Enjoy the little things in life, for one day you'll look back and realize they were the big things. If we wait for circumstances to be ideal, we might well miss so many opportunities, so many needs we could have met, but we were waiting until we were better prepared. Are we waiting until our children leave home? Are we waiting for a pay rise? Are we waiting until we retire and have more spare time? Matthew, Mark and Luke all describe the crucifixion as agonising torture and humiliation, which is undoubtedly true. But John's account leads us to see the cross as a throne of glory and power. The focus is on the greatness of God, the greatness of the Son of God, who conquered sin and death. The words of Jesus in this passage today tell us of a God of compassion who shows each of us that he will care for us and provide for us and meet all our needs. And he shows each of us that we can be his provision for someone else. Let's pray. Father, we just stand in awe of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We thank you and praise you for his humility and his compassion. Help each of us to be willing to do what he asks us to do, no matter what it is. Amen.